I decided, okay, I'm gonna take this opportunity. I'm gonna go all in with Matt. Welcome back, everybody, to the Career Therapy Podcast. My name is Martin McGovern, and I will be your host today as we get into another Life After Layoff conversation with Cesar Romero. Cesar and I met, I believe, in Iceland. Yeah, yes, yeah, we met in Iceland years and years ago. Um, and Caesar, according to your profile on LinkedIn, you say you help businesses design better online communities. You're a community experience designer and a facilitator. But Caesar, thank you for joining us today. Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much, Martin. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, so for the past seven years, I've been a experience designer, experience facilitator, um, working in the travel industry where I got to, I got paid to travel the world, basically. And I got to design these experiences for young millennials uh, and also be the facilitator for many of these experiences in many different countries. And it was the best time of my life. And you know, that's, that's how you and I met in Iceland in 2014. Yeah, Actually. oh my goodness. Yeah, it was <laughs> six so years long ago. ago. <laughs> so long ago. Yeah, you know, it's, so it's, it's always been a, a common theme throughout my, my career that I'm that person that uh, connects people with life-changing experiences, right? And uh, I'm all about taking people on a journey from point A to uh, the destination. I if, love if that. I had to describe it. <laughs> That's an amazing way to describe yourself, man. I think it's super accurate. You know, when we were in Iceland and, you know, just watching you run that trip and keep everyone on track and, <laughs> and have such a great time doing it. I know I was just, I was just there for the ride, but you were the one putting it all together. So um, I'm really excited to dig into your, you know, your history, your background, how you got into all these really cool, you know, travel the world kind of experiences and, and talk a little bit about where, where things have been today, because as we know, the travel industry is in a pretty tough spot right now. And so, you know, COVID has definitely laid down uh, some difficult roads for a lot of industries. And so it'll be interesting to get into. Um, let's yeah. rewind the clock. Tell us how you even, you know, got into this line of work in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it's pretty unconventional. <laughs> and it all started in December 2012. I was pretty unhappy with my job back then. I was basically working for a bank as a loan officer uh, in a cubicle with no windows, very gray, very depressing to be honest. And I stumbled upon a blog post that Matt, one of the co-founders of Honorable Experiences, had written about how the only metric that matters is um, the, the people that you spend your time with. And that really hit home for me. And at that moment, I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I, started to, to, I started to question that. And it just so happens that they were running their third trip ever as a company. Uh, and it was, they were going to, to Nicaragua, which is where my family is from. And I decided that I wanted to be part of that. I wanted to change the environment. I wanted to be new people. Uh, so I decided to to go as an attendee, and I met Matt and 15 other amazing people. 
uh, and nothing happened. Well, on the trip, right, I, I discovered that, man, I really feel alive just being around people that are inspirational and just having conversations that. What was like your favorite part of that trip? Favorite part of that trip was that I got to go back home as as a tourist. Uh, but more than that, I got to facilitate uh, the the cultural immersion uh, between the travelers, right, and and Nicaragua as a country, right? Because I I grew up there uh, for twenty years, and I got to be a translator and. Uh, are just basically the cultural liaison for that trip without even wanting to do it, right? <laughs> I, I, would just, I would just be myself. <laughs> and Matt was very impressed about that. And after the trip, we, we kept in touch and I started helping Matt with Spanish lessons. Uh, so I, I think every day for the next two months, we got on the phone for like 30 minutes to speak Spanish, right? So I would help him out with, with his Spanish. And then it turned into, hey, uh, we really need someone to help us run more trips. And you speak Spanish, and we're gonna be ex- uh, expanding more trips into Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and other Spanish-speaking countries. Uh, we, you know, we want you on the team. So I was like, great, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and it just so happens that a few months later, um, so this happened in, in June, right? So I, I went to the launch party, of the, the official launch launch party of Honor 30 Experiences as a company, right? Because that trip was the last trip where they were pretty much testing the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if it was worth pursuing. After a successful trip, they decided, um, okay, this is going to be a company and we're going to do it. So in June, they had this party and that's when we had a conversation, right? So two months later, I get laid off from my job at the bank. And it was strange, Martin, because I felt relieved. At the same time, I felt scared. I said, oh my God, like, what's going to happen? Like, you know, where am I going to get my next income from? And I decided, you know what? I don't want to go back to the same cycle of, prepare my resume, apply online to banks, and just to end up in the same vicious, vicious uh, cycle. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna take this opportunity. I'm gonna go all in with Matt and honor to the experiences, and we're gonna make this work um, no matter what. And uh, in October, I run my first trip uh, in Costa Rica with Matt. And that was the beginning of a career as a trip leader, facilitator, you know, experience designer. That's incredible. Um, it's, it's so fun because we've got, you know, multiple stories here that we're going to be able to dive into. And like, <laughs> and it, you know, that, I, that feeling that you went through has come up multiple times in our layoff conversations on this podcast of, you know, feeling both a sense of fear and a sense of relief. Like, it's mm-hmm. funny how when we think about emotions and, and our careers, people really only focus on a couple of things. Like, are you happy 
or do you hate your job? Like there's just two ways. <laughs> like there's, there's so much gray area and there's so much room for feeling multiple things at the same time. Like you could be grateful for your job and still dislike parts of it. You could, yeah. you know, there, there's a huge spectrum of ways that we can feel. And I'm glad that you share that because that is really something that we're trying to encourage with this show is like, how do you actually go through all the feelings when you go through a layoff? And like, you know, you lost the security of the, you know, banking job, but you gained the opportunity to really go do something totally different, like, you know, from a gray cubicle to a rainforest, literally. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's how it happened. Yeah. hundred percent though. Um, I feel like it's, it's not all to the extreme, right? Either happy or sad. There's, different layers and so as you got moving in this new direction right so actually let's let's analyze that first layoff that bank layoff so how did yeah. that one go down um did they email you tap you on the shoulder what were the circumstances around it yeah so i remember that day um it was in august i don't remember the exact date um but i think it was a, on a friday i don't know why why they pick fridays out of all days to do this thing but yeah, ruin the weekend um, <laughs> Yeah, right. But they basically, I was part of this department, right? So they, they, they called me to go to this room, right? And as I entered the room, I see like, there's like 30 other people, right? And all of a sudden I see, I think it was the head of HR um, going on this speech, but that basically was like, unfortunately, we have to let you go because the contract ended with one of our partners and we basically don't need you anymore. <laughs> right? um, and I remember that moment in, in that room, um, just looking around and everybody was concerned. You know, there was fear in the room. And I remember um, there's this guy, Jimmy, uh, he was one of my friends there. Looking at Jimmy, I was like, well, you know, it looks like this is, this is the end of the road here. Um, I'm excited, but scared. Um, but you know, I was just like, "That's this is just this is how it's is supposed to happen, right? This is supposed to happen right now." Um, but yeah, it was something that, in a matter of minutes, Martin, in a, it, I had all these feelings of fear, of um, excitement, um, and also uncertainty, right? Like, what am I gonna do next, right? But, one thing that was clear to me was, like, like I said before, I really don't want to go back to banking. Like, I really don't want to go back to this cubicle to do things that I'm not really passionate about or excited. Um, and I started looking at, there's this opportunity here with, with honorary experiences. Um, it might work, it might not work out, but that's what I feel I should pursue, right? And so I, I went with that. and. There were some sacrifices that had, that had to be made, um, mostly financially, but the, up, the upside years later was that I was happy. I had awesome friends. I, I was working with a team of people that I respect and that I really liked their, their company. Um, I met you, I met Liz, right? It's just like things that I would, never had thought about right like it's it's only when you look back and say that was the right decision because it led me to this and this and this you started a family because of this uh these journeys too I, right <laughs> i have a family 
Yeah, you know, so very grateful that I had the courage to to not listen to what everybody else was telling me. I like that you call out the courage piece. I like that you call it the courage yeah. piece. So what were, what were the voices around you saying at the time? Yeah, mostly friends and family concerned that, oh, you know, like you should uh, get your resume and start applying for jobs online. And my mom, like, you know, say, get your papers in. <laughs> and they were like, uh, I, I know this person at this bank, uh, you know, give me your resume. It was all about, they were trying to help me, which I appreciate, but they were not in my shoes. You know, like they were not feeling what I was feeling. Mm. Um, and when you have friends and family telling you advice and giving you advice, right? It's sometimes it's, it's hard to say no, right? Because you don't want to come across as um, ungrateful or, or rude, but I'm, I'm glad that I didn't listen. <laughs> And I've, I've always been a, a stubborn kid, you know, ever since I was a little boy, I was just like beating my own drum. And I think that's where that came from. <laughs> that's awesome. And so you decide to make this transition. What was the sort of path between that bank layoff and going on your first trip? How much time passed? So the layoff happened in August, 2013. And the first trip happened October, 2013. So it was like, August. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Um, and the, the one thing here is that income-wise, right? At the bank, I was making decent income um, with honorary experiences because it was a startup, mm-hmm. because they were just getting started. I was not getting paid. Like, I, I didn't get paid for the first couple of trips, right? It, it was basically just getting the experience, covering... Um, my food, transportation, all the travel costs, basically. But I was not getting paid. And I was was okay with that, though, because I was doing something that I enjoyed, and I was proving myself as well, right? Like, that's that's what I was talking about, that I had to make some financial sacrifices at the beginning uh, in in order to reap the the rewards um, a year later. And just to break that down a little bit for folks, because I think it's important to call out, um, you know, when I talk with folks all the time, I, I, get, I get people saying things like, oh, I can't go on that networking meeting. I can't afford a cup of coffee for someone. That's ridiculous. And I'm always just like, what are you spending your money on otherwise? <laughs> like, where is it going? Are you buying like rounds of drinks for like people? Like, wh- where's this money going? Uh, that there's not like a few bucks for a coffee somewhere here or there. And there's a few things that you did that I really want to identify, like really hit home on. Number one, when you went on the trip, you immediately started providing value just as an attendee, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you're this cultural liaison, even before it's on your radar to work with this company. Um, After the trip, you're teaching Spanish to the founder for free, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, (laughs) like providing value to someone who is, you know, creating something that you enjoy. And I think that that's like, we don't always have to buy someone a cup of coffee. There's a lot of ways to provide value and a lot of out of the box thinking ways to provide value too, which made you a shoe in when it came time to have someone go run a trip. And so like all these things that you were doing kind of in the background while you were still employed, I believe, 
like these are the things that ended up leading to that opportunity even being available, right? If you were just a total introvert who didn't talk to anyone on the trip and never followed up and said thank you or like helped out with anything, these opportunities wouldn't have even presented themselves. And I think like that's where this idea of, you know, some people go, oh, well, that person succeeded because of luck. Well, you don't see all these little decisions people make every day that that create the luck that shows up around them. So I just want to call out, like, those are some great things that you did and kudos to you for doing them. Thanks, Martin. Yeah, 100%. And even myself getting ready for, for a conversation today, as I started looking back, I was like, yeah, I was, I was that person adding value, not because they asked me, but because I knew it would enhance the experience of the trip, right? Um, and, and that's what people need. You know, people are looking for people that are adding value, right? Um, and you can add value, as what you mentioned, right? Many, many, many different ways. And I'll actually express my gratitude right now. Uh, I'm not sure when, but a while back, maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, you sent me a book. Uh, 50 ways mm -hmm. to get a job that I've been flipping through and using in the live stream here and there. So I just want to say yes. thank you for sending that. I don't even, that was just out of the blue, like really fun, cool gift. Um, and so I've had that on my desk for months and months and months. And then you tagged me, I think I talked about it or something. And then you tagged the guy who wrote it in a post on LinkedIn on the comments or something. And now him and I are doing a podcast tomorrow. So, you know, amazing. It's amazing how these like small actions, right? Like the fact that you thought to do that really nice thing. And then also like a year later, just put a little comment on a, on a post and suddenly like bigger things are happening, right? Like cooler, cool things continue to sort of snowball. And, and what I'm kind of getting from you is this sort of snowball effect that starts happening mm -hmm. when you're doing little things here and there to move your career in the right directions. Yeah, 100%. So um, with that book, um, I think it was about a, a year later. So I, I saw that you were getting started with career therapy and doing live streams on, on LinkedIn. And it just happens that I know about the book. And I'm like, huh, Martin, this book, I think this could be a great resource for him. And even if you don't never use it, right, at least, I made that connection and sometimes I'm, I'm very impulsive when it, when it comes to things like that. I'm just like, oh, I think this person could benefit from this. I'm just gonna do it. That's awesome. I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm inspired by you for, from that action. I'm like always trying to think of those things now and definitely should be a little bit more impulsive than overthinking it. So cheers to you. So now you're going on these trips, all right? So yeah. in that first trip, you know, you said you were just like covering expenses, you're going on these trips, you're doing all these things. Um, were there any moments where you were like questioning your choice or was it just like, this is insane and I love it? Uh, it was a combination of both, to <laughs> <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs> so on one hand, I'm like, man, this is the best thing ever. I'm meeting new people, I'm being of service, uh, putting together these experiences working together with one of the founders, um, you know, and just, and just traveling and just having the, the world as my office. It didn't get any better than that in, in my book. But on the other hand, it's like, man, savings are running, are running out, you know, and um, I don't see, you know, because 
in, in this day and age, we're so used to instant gratification, like mm -hmm. things happening in an instant. Uh, and it takes time really to, to build things, right? And there were times where I was like, oh, I don't know if I can keep doing this because uh, money's not there yet. But I'm happy that I, I pushed through. And Matt was seeing that. Matt was seeing the effort and he was like, look, you know, we, we can't really pay you a big salary right now, but I promise you that you know, if, if we stick with this, this, this is going to work out. And we did, right? And, and the, the company grew exponentially um, over the years. And I'm, I'm glad that I took that leap of faith. Sometimes that's, that's all you need, right? Like just believing in the process, believing that if this is something that you want to pursue and you go all in, yeah, there, there might be times where things are rough, but if you just continue building, building, and working on the process, sooner or later, things start to happen. 100%. Yeah, it's this idea that I like to talk about, which is like being a buoy on the wave. You're just, whenever it's going crazy, you're just like flying. When it's still, you're just, you're standing on top. Like you're always trying to stay on top of the waves. Um, that's amazing. And so how many years were you with um, under 30, you know, traveling the world and doing all this great stuff? Yeah, so I mentioned it seven years, right? And part of those seven years, part of that was uh, traveling the world, um, putting together th these experiences, being one of the facilitators or trip leaders, uh, as we like to call it. But uh, over the years, uh, my role shifted. Then I, I became regional manager in Costa Rica, uh, where we had an office there. And uh, the, the, the last part of it was in Austin, Texas, where I was uh, in charge of uh, customer experience and, and sales. That's awesome. And so now that you're in this process of reinventing yourself, as you said before we jumped on the call, um, what has been that sort of journey of the, the second transition that you're going through? I, I believe the second big transition that you're going through in your career. And what has that been like for you? Yeah. So something interesting, Martin, that I want to mention, uh, 2000, 2019, um, I started to feel that I had hit a ceiling with honor 30 experiences. And while I was comfortable, I was not 100% happy with what I was doing. I feel guilty about it. I felt guilty and I was dealing with all these emotions, but I couldn't really talk about it um, with my teammates because I don't know, I, it felt weird. But it's something that only you can understand, right? Because it's something that you feel internally. And what once made you happy, you know, as you grow, as you become a family man, you know, as your priorities shift, your job also shift, right? And, and I was going through that and I was like trying to figure it out what my next move was going to be. But I, I, I was very comfortable. I was very comfortable and I, I never pulled the trigger. Fast forward to 2020, COVID hits and I, I am pushed into this edge. Of like, okay, you know, you, you wanted this change. You were not happy anymore. Here, here it is. Here's a disruptive force that is going to, <laughs> give you that push that you need 
Yeah, right. sometimes if oh. we don't make a decision, the, the decision will be made for us. <laughs> exactly, right? So now that I'm, I'm in this period of trying to figure out what's next for me, right? Trying to reinvent myself. And I have, ever since the layoff that happened in March, I've been on this journey of experimenting things. Um, I, I did a boot camp with General Assembly on user experience design. Um, and that was intense. While it was a great experience, something that I learned is that user experience is like telling someone that you're a doctor, right? It's like very general. Uh, so now I'm like, okay, what specialty do I want to specialize in, in user experience, right? Um, I'm definitely not a visual person. I've, I've never been a visual person. So the idea of me creating prototypes that are uh, pixel perfect, it doesn't fit me. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, as I dive deeper into user experience, I'm realizing that um, it can be applied to a lot of disciplines, right? It doesn't just have to be uh, visual um, where, you, where you create screens and wireframes and prototypes. Like you can apply user experience to customer experience, customer service, uh, building online communities, right? So I'm in this process here of just trying to figure it out what's next for me. I'm also doing uh, freelance as a community manager for Mindvalley, um, which is another awesome company. I got the opportunity to, to connect uh, same way that I did with Honor 30 Experiences, right? Like I started as one of their students because they, 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 they sell courses on personal growth, right? So I have purchased one of the courses once you go through a course, you can become an ambassador, basically like volunteer work, adding value. One of the managers noticed me and he said, hey, we have this opportunity at Mindvalley to be a facilitator for our Spanish tribes. Are you interested? So I took it, right? Um, so I'm, I'm doing that for now. And, and well, let's, really let's take a pause and let's take a couple steps back. So you got involved in, in these different educational pursuits after your layoff. And I think that that's yeah. a really interesting area to focus on because typically there's a range of reactions that happen after a layoff. Uh, so kind of walk us through really quick, what were some of the emotions you went through after this transition? What were some of the things that might've been different than the bank transition? Um, yeah. how, how did it differ this time? Yeah, this time it was different because Honor 30 Experiences is a company that um, I grew up in that company, right? It was a company. It's a company that I really enjoyed the people that I was working with. I really believe in, in the mission. So this time that was different, right? And when we got the notice that we were getting laid off here in, in Austin, um, it was a bittersweet moment, but I understood why, like I understood why that decision was being made. Uh, you know, Matt and Jared were being forced to, uh, to, to save the ship, right? To, to save the company because COVID hit out of nowhere, right? And, and the, the travel industry was one, is, is one of the industries that got hit, got hit hardest, right? Um, so they had to do what they had to do, right? So I, I understand that, uh, but still didn't make it easy. And at that moment, it's strange, Martin, because it, it's um, a similar feeling with, with Bank in the sense that I was kind of relieved <laughs> because 
I needed a change like, for myself. Like I, I had been doing this for the past seven years, right? And I needed a change and it was not going to happen unless I was forced to do it. So I was grateful, relieved, but also, oh shit, like how am I gonna pay the bills now? Right? Oh, yeah, now you got a baby, now you got a family. You I got, got a things family. to take care of. So it's, that's, that's the part that was different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I was like, you know what? I can either be a victim or I can look at this as, okay, this is a transition into the next chapter of your life. And my parents, you know, coming from a Latino family, they always emphasize the importance of education. So I did what uh, my dad or mom would have wanted to, like continue investing in yourself, right? Uh, and anything that you learn, you can add value to someone else. And so I decided, you know what? I'm gonna enroll in this bootcamp because I want to learn more about user experience. And it's a framework that you can apply to many different disciplines, right? And it turns out also that what I was doing, it's part of user experience, right? Like empathizing with, uh, with the user, with the client, um, and making sure that you're solving the, the problem or um, taking care of, of their needs, right? I mean, it's right so, there in the name. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's what happened at, you know, at, at that moment of, of the layoff. That's yeah. what I went through. And, and I think that's a very common response, right? A lot of times when we go through a, layout, a layoff, our first thought is get a certification, get some education, go get a degree of some sort. And I think that there's you know, pros and cons to any decision around education, but it, you know, it's, it's a place to sort of stake a flag, to kind of get some routine, get some structure. And I think it can be incredibly helpful. And so you know, as you went through uh, the program, were you doing... Were you doing GA and Mind Valley at the same time? Were you doing them at different times? How did you sort of structure it all? No, it was uh, the same time. Um, the good thing with Mind Valley is because mostly the, the entire team is based in Malaysia. So nighttime for me is daytime for them. So I would typically do the bootcamp from, I think it was nine to five then have some family time, dinner, and then basically from seven to nine, do my body work. Um, and I gotta tell you, it, it was exhausting to, to be honest, um, having to do the bootcamp, do my body work, and show up for my family. Um, it's, it's a lot, man. Um, and sometimes uh, it, uh, people don't talk much about this, and it kind of goes unnoticed, but being a dad or you know being the head of household, it's a lot of responsibility as well. Um, so, and on top of that, we're going through COVID, right? Which is another layer of complexity. Oh yeah, I mean, I've been saying for months that like anyone who has kids right now, I'm just like bowing down. Like the amount of extra. <laughs> The amount of extra 
that's going on in your life is gotta be, you know, you know, cause everyone's just there. You got so many people that are there and so many, uh, you know, competing needs at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so kudos to you and for, you know, being able to pursue your education while also taking care of, you know, house and home and family and everything. Um, and so as you're working with Mind Valley and you're going through this program, what do you think made you stand out over other people that were in the classes that led to a potential, you know, contract with them? It's the same, uh, the same um, mentality of add value to the people or your, your community, right, that, uh, that you're around. So as a student, so Mind Valley sells courses, right? And as you go through a course, you become part of a community for that specific course, right? Uh, you decide whether you want to engage in the community or not. That's up to you. Being the person that I am, of course, I, I decide to engage and just really add value, I connect with other students. Um, personal development is interesting, right? Because it's a process of transformation and a lot of times what gets in the way is the emotions, right? Uh, not the knowledge, not the theory, right? Because most people understand that. Um, but the emotion of going through a transformation, that's where people get stuck. And so that's why they have, that's why they have those, those communities. So you can share whatever it is that you want to share, right? And you have this community of people that support you, right? I was one of those people and, um, that's how I got noticed, right? Just, just by being, being present, showing up every day, looking at comments, see where I could add a few words of, of inspiration or share resources, and all of a sudden, Ezra is like, hey, we have this opportunity. You know, you'll be doing an awesome job adding value in the community. Would you like to get on a call to discuss further? And I was like, okay, let's do it. And, and that's how that's how it started. That's amazing. Yeah, careers are all about connecting with people, and I mean, mm-hmm. you are probably the best example that I know of that. Right? It's just you know, meet these people leads to these things. You come, you know, you join in on these communities leads to these things. And you know, I'm definitely more of a lurker on uh, these these groups, and so you know, I'm sure there's tons of opportunities that I never even know ever existed. And I think that's probably true of a lot of job seekers who are like, mm-hmm. well, no one's ever posting this job. No one's, it's like, well, of course they don't have to post it because they just reached out to the person who was most active in the community and gave it to them. They never had to post that role. And like, that's the kind of stuff where there's like 80% of the job market that never even gets posted because well, there's all these active people who are already engaged. Why do we need to go put it onto a site for people who are just waiting for the job boards to update? And so I think that's fascinating. 100% Martin. And that's why I'm a big proponent of, of community, right? If you have a business, you should be building a community because from the community, you can, like, you can find your next hire, right? You um, create brand loyalty um, and, and, so many other benefits, right? That I won't get into it, but, but yeah, finding your next hire, if you're a business, you, you find that in the community that you're trying to build. Absolutely. That's how, uh, that's how under experiences uh, did, right? When they were scaling the um, community managers and the ambassadors, right? Um, Liz, right? Was, was one of those selected few to, uh, Absolutely. to, 
organize uh, I events. think I even did some work with under 30 at some point when we were like doing our road trip back in the day with oh. ID 11. It's so funny. Um, That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, so fun. I mean, these opportunities are everywhere, right? And, and they might be short term, they might be long term, they might be all sorts of different things. And keeping your ears open and your conversations going, I think is the way to do it. And so now that you're, you know, taking this next step into the experience design world or community development world, you know, what are some of the things that you're looking for? What are you hoping to land next? Uh, what, what kind of opportunities are on your mind? I'm trying to find out for myself, but what I do know is that I want opportunities are people facing. So anything that has to do with community experience design or customer experience design, right? Where you basically get to analyze, you know, what are the mismatch in the customer journey and how can you improve those touch points so that you, so that you have a, a five-star experience, right? Um, and so I'm also working with a coach on this job search or, you know, next step, next step search, <laughs> because it's, it's an emotional thing. Like I know what I need to do, but I get stuck because there's fear, fear of rejection, fear of succeeding at times, right? Um, so I'm working with a coach and this is helping me not just be accountable, but also take a different approach to the whole job search. We're exploring right now the, the method of put on your consulting hat, go to a company's website, get familiar with, with their mission, their values, uh, their staff members, and try to identify a problem in that company. Right. And based on that, put together, we, we call it a gift, right? But basically put together a proposal on how you would solve that problem. Right. So I'm, I'm currently working through that. Um, and it, it, it's a shame because most of the advice out there is apply online, you know, send your resume, send your cover letter, but very few people are talking about, Hey, what about if you identify a problem within the company and you're like, hey, here's how I would solve this problem. Here's a gift, right? Just like a, a, a consultant would do, just like a doctor, right? When you go to a doctor, they do a diagnosis first. And then they tell you, hey, here's the problem. I think I can help with this. Here's what we need to do, right? Um, so it's been very insightful and, and very awesome to, to have a coach um, guiding me through, I would say, unconventional process, right? Because that's, I don't see that many people talking about that. Yeah, I really like that approach. And I think it's, it's great that you're working with a coach and especially the way that you're talking about it, because it is the emotional side. It's the, it's the fear, it's the anxiety, it's the ups and downs and the depressions that hurt people, not, not knowing what to do. I mean. I've known what to do to build muscle my whole life. It doesn't mean I'm strong. It definitely doesn't mean I'm strong. So like knowing it and doing it are two very mm. different things. And I think what yes. you're identifying of like taking that consultative mindset, and I would even just frame it as a them first mindset, which seems to be what you've taken throughout your career. You say, mm -hmm. what do they need? And then here's my skill that can fill that gap versus how come no one's hiring me for this thing? 
I want a job. I want to grow. I want to pay my bills. Like the number of people that I'll say, where do you want to work? And they say, I don't care. I just have rent to pay. I'm like, then that, I mean, so does everyone, you know, like there's no differentiator there. That's like if Nike said, just buy our shoes so that there's something on your feet. It's like, clearly that's not going to work. Right. Otherwise that would be every shoe company's message. Right. Um, so you got to find your differentiator. And I love that you're kind of working on these different strategies and, and not just doing it in theory. You're doing it in true practice, going to websites, identifying potential opportunities, and then putting together proposals because that's what a job is. It's a proposal to trade skills for money, to solve problems, not skills for money to have fun, skills for money to solve problems, not skills for money for you to learn things, skills for money for them to make money off of your skills. It's, it's a very fascinating kind of mental shift that once you make it and get that consultative thinking, it's, it's an unbelievably different process and, and far more fun and engaging too. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to be honest, because uh, it's, it's a mindset shift. And I had to come to the realization, Martin, that I could not do this alone, right? Like, even though I, I know what to do, man, with everything going on, you know, with COVID and some, some health issues with my family, I, I just couldn't get to it. So I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to get a coach. And this coach is going to hold me accountable and guide me through an unconventional process. Um, and, and that's what I'm doing right now. Right? Like, I'm, I'm in that process. I have a company selected. Uh, it just happens that they're looking for a head of global community. Sounds there like Caesar all, all over the place. What most candidates would do, though, is I'm going to apply online, send a resume, send a cover letter. I'm, I'm flipping the script. And I'm doing actually an, an audit on how I, I can be of, of value within, even even before you're, you've hired me, you can at least have you know, something tangible. Um, and if I can share Martin, another thing for me. So my main goal right now is get back on my feet, uh, you know, with a job and, and financially as well. But, Another lesson that I, I've learned from COVID and, and this layoff is that I want to focus on developing my own brand um, online. Because in this day and age, that is probably one of the most powerful things you can do to build trust, right? To spread your, your, your message. Um, and COVID had to happen, right? That lay, layoff had to happen for me to start thinking about that. And, start realizing that I, I want to do that. That's amazing. So, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to see what you do with that. Just knowing what you've already been sharing on LinkedIn and already been doing kind of interpersonally in your network. I can't wait to see what that looks like at scale with your brand. So that's going to be super exciting. Um, if folks wanted to follow you and your brand journey and your career journey and hear about all the things that are going on, where should they go? Where should they go to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm investing heavily on LinkedIn. Uh, so that, that's the best way to find me right now. And pro tip, if you want to connect with me, please, please send me a note. Uh, set the context first. It, it works better. <laughs> because then, then that gives me an idea, oh, this person uh, wants to connect because X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. Uh, I, I have so many connection requests that I've never talked to these people. And I'm, I don't know. It's like... <laughs> 
help me help you kind of way, you know? <laughs> That's the most community manager thing that I think you could say. So I'm so happy that you said it. Um, and with that, we'll link to Caesar's uh, LinkedIn here and in the description. And uh, Caesar, I really appreciate coming on and sharing your career transitions and layoff stories. I think it's, you know, when you're in the midst of it, it's tough to talk about sometimes. And I, I really appreciate you kind of going into detail and showing this reinvention process. I think it's really cool. And I'm excited to see where you take it next. Thank you so much, Martin, for the opportunity. And, and hopefully, uh, if anybody listens to this, uh, they can get at least one wisdom here. I think they will. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for stopping by this episode of the Career Therapy Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. And if you're curious about what we do here at Career Therapy, head on over to www.careertherapy.com to see all of our coaching options, resources, and links to other things we got going on. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, something that you've gone through, a transition you've experienced in your career, whether it's getting a job after college or going through a layoff or getting back into the workforce after raising your family, we would love to hear from you. Head over to linkedin.com slash in slash Martin McGovern and shoot me a DM. Let me know what's going on and I'd really like to share your story with the world. What we're trying to do here is really normalize the emotional side of the job search because we all go through it. We all have tough times in our careers and sharing these stories really helps people feel less alone and feel more empowered to take their career back into their own hands and make something of it. So thank you again for stopping by. If you'd like to leave a like or a comment, subscribe or share, or leave us a review on iTunes, and I think maybe even Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in all of your career endeavors, and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.